Good day everyone, I'm Daniel Ricardo and you're listening to EFTM, everything for the man. Well, two races down, and it's not a bad season. Trevor Long, Connor McNally and Harry Tugger with you for race two of the 2020 Formula One World Championship. And I just want to start by saying, boys, it's a very exciting lap. But the race, maybe not so much. I just think it's important to clarify that emotion that we're feeling right now, that that was exciting. (laughs) That was 70 laps of, nah, and a single lap of... Brilliance. Yes. But it's just Lando again. Like, yeah. Lando has just, like, lit up my world the last two weeks. <laughs> he's, he's lit up everyone's world right what now. What was the quote from him during the week? Um, I've gone from being a full-time uh, esports, uh, e-sports driver. <laughs> driver to a podium <laughs> finisher. And, um, and this he's is his come, off-season. He's come damn close uh, again this this week. And uh, I don't know. Look, look go, go back to the start and, and work our way through it before we talk Ugh. about the general stuff. It yeah. was, wasn't a bad opening lap, but it didn't have the... Uh, um, as much brutality as it might have had in terms of uh, the first three. I think a lot of people probably put money on there being some sort of incident with uh, a Red Bull and a Mercedes, but in fact it was two Ferraris. Yes. Well, that's probably the safer money every week, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just have to come to accept the fact that Ferraris is going to be in trouble in the opening stages of every Grand Prix at the moment. They've just got nothing. Not a good year. look for uh, for either driver or Bonotto, the team boss, that Man. they are... I mean, we'll get the numbers, but they're not doing well in the championship right now. They've got a real problem. Um, and they've got one driver who, you know, um, didn't blame the other one, but Seb was very clear that it was uh, it was Leclerc's fault. But who gives a rat's what Seb thinks? He's leaving. You know, that's there's still that air about, the, about nearly all the teams that this is kind of like this halfway house season. Well, it's with Ferrari, right? Like, I saw this. It was a really good tweet through the week. I don't know if you guys saw it, mm. um, where this guy was basically saying, in the last 10 years, you've had Alonso, you've had uh, Kimi, and you've had Seb, and you still haven't managed to win a championship. Maybe that's yeah. the team that's the problem, and not all these drivers that you keep blaming everything on. It's a very good point, because uh, we talked about Bonotto when he was interviewed after. We'd seen what um, Vettel had said. We'd seen what... Uh, Charles had said, and then Bernardo's like, it's not a time to lay blame. You know what, mate? It is. Well, it's because he knows it's his fault. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and you mentioned, Harry, that in fact, it's kind of indicative of uh, a, a time when they they sack one guy and go, well, let's find yeah. someone in the garage who we can just promote. But actually, is that enough experience to run a team and to, to be the team principal I like that? Know. Just because you're, you're you know very good at one thing, which... which which is engines, um, in Bernardi's case, it does not mean that you then become an automatic good team leader. It's like any it's like any job. Just because you're maybe the best at this individual task does not mean you're going to be the best at managing a whole team yeah. of people. Yeah, absolutely right. And look, Ferrari have been notorious in changing team managers, you know, willy-nilly over the years. I remember back in the early 90s, they they dumped Cesare Filario and they went with a, a guy from Lancia. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember his name, but they didn't even no change their fortunes. No <laughs> one can, exactly. And they didn't change their fortunes. They were struggling in 91, and, yeah, they sacked Alain Prost. So, yeah, turmoil, was, turmoil and Ferrari just go hand-in-hand hand with them. 
But, you know, them being out of the race uh, and that early, it's it's kind of like a bookended race, really. Yeah. Really interesting first lap because of that mm. massive smash. And it was, it was a solid smash. Hopefully the photographer <laughs> down on the outside of the opening straight looking up to up through turn, turn one because Leclerc's car up in the air... Mm. literally smashing the back wing of, of Vettel is awesome. So, you know, that's that's pretty cool. But then, uh, you know, it just pretty much mowed on from there. And you, the really the next most exciting thing was Daniel behind Ocon on Team Radio oh. saying, I'm faster than all the cars in front, which is which is race driver code for let me pass my teammate. Yes. Uh, and But then Renault just with the awful team strategy there as well. With It, it just hurt everyone. Um, keeping Ocon in front there when they were both on different pit strategies when, you know, Daniel was going to have to get past him anyway, you know, during the pit stop. And so they all just lost time there. And, and then obviously Ocon ended up having to retire and you don't know if that extra pressure there probably contributed him to him retiring. So yep, it's just... I mean, the front brakes off the off Ocon's um, Renault, they were smoking pretty, pretty loudly. You could see it in the pit vision when he came in to retire. And, and they say it was a cooling issue, which is the same issue that, that plagued mm. Daniel last, last week. And mm. so, again, it goes to a reliability. Under okay. investigation, just as we, as we record, Lance Stroll and Daniel Ricciardo under investigation for, I'm assuming, Lance's move up on Ricciardo, which pushed we- them both out very, very wide. But Daniel took a obvious and very straight move. He went around the the sausage curb. Lando ended up just battling with mm. um, Stroll. So it wasn't. I don't know how that under investigation. It's pretty stupid. Well, is it, is it arguing that Stroll should um, have taken ga- that? Well, he gained a spot and got four wheels off the track and still gained a spot. Yeah. So he's Which the one that like Daniel was pushed out on that yeah. corner. So that'll be interesting. And by the time we um, all go to bed, there'll probably be changes in the in the lineup there. But. Um, Daniel, you know, didn't he seemed to have Ocon's measure? He said he had Ocon's measure, but then when he did get past, he didn't make any actual ground on him. Well, like in all honesty, he didn't get much more than one point five seconds away from him yeah. before Ocon retired. Well, that makes you think that perhaps it was team orders there, in the sense that the car, yeah, they've just seen what happened with Ocon, and they they might have turned the engine down a little bit, maybe to try and you know conserve the DNF. Yeah. Because um, he, he, he looks slower. Like, he, he should have theoretically been faster on the softs. Yeah. And he's come straight out, and he was slower than what he was in the media. So, does Daniel Ricciardo look back at this race and go, well, Cyril clearly doesn't give a rat's about me. <laughs> like, Cyril's clearly backing Ocon. You know, Daniel's well, leaving the team. Yeah. Ocon's the golden boy in, until Fernando arrives. Is Cyril literally saying... Daniel, mate, we're always going to favour Ocon here. Is that yeah, like because it felt like that for four laps or so? It felt like the team clear. couldn't give a shit. It is quite clear that they're supporting o- Ocon. It is. It's mm. the, he's their golden child for the remainder of the season now. And yeah, I just think it's his ego and just preferential treatment towards but, their French. But wasn't that also detrimental to Ocon as well in the sense that he was by wasting that battle time, mm. he could have been, you know, the the racing points behind were, were gaining ground. Like, so it doesn't, it hurt Ocon as well. I think oh. it was just poor, just Renault poor strategy as per usual. Pass me my face mask. <laughs> Harry, Harry went to Bunnings and, uh, <laughs> and got, rather than the masks, you went for the, you went for the Toto Wolf. Yeah. You went for the full um, uh, Perspex Shield. Uh, which you know every company under the sun's been uh, been making. Let me ask you this question: as, as I don my mask for the first time I've ever, I've worn a mask just quietly. Yeah, um, I'd like to try. I've not done anything of the sort. Oh wow! It's, is it echoey in here, everyone? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, 
That's the sound of a. Uh, that's the sound of a face mask <laughs> being worn while recording. It, it gets very. It foggy. says it says anti fog, but no, it does no, not look anti fog from no, my angle. No, it's <laughs> definitely fogging up. The reason I bring that up is, and look, I don't want to get into the COVID safety plans of the FIA, but the drivers are situated on a podium. Each of the positions of the podium are two meters apart. They don't need to be wearing masks. But is it because they're about to go and run and hug each other and stuff? Put afterwards? the mask back on when you're about to do that. But for the sake of... See, I understand. You know what it is? It's just pure optics. PR. It's optics. It's so that there can be photos taken of the drivers wearing it. It's like a leadership role that Formula One's playing in world sport. Yeah, it's but, good. Um, Martin Brundle, um, Paul Duresta, and Jensen. someone else, and Jensen Button did a segment which would have been on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday oh. this week, out on the track talking about, you know, this is where Albon and, and Lewis came together and they weren't wearing masks. And I'm like, so, and they, but they were well socially distanced, no yeah. issues at all. But there's just this, can we just, like the interviews, for example, are shit because the drivers can't hear mm. the person, like straight after practice, after quality, there's noise, there's stuff going on. They can't, the drivers can't hear them. So there needs to be a little bit of work done on that. That's all. That's my only COVID safe <laughs> but concern. My, my one thing with it that is very funny though is you see the interviews and then like someone with a three meter pole and a microphone yeah. just like dips into the shot. Mate, wouldn't you? This is the best bit. The, ro- the robot. Sorry, we're uh, watching this as we record. The robot with the podium, a dais thing that comes over and and just hands them the trophy. It's just it's and, and it it's hilarious. And it happened yesterday in the F two, the first F two race. It just didn't get to the first place podium. It was just like, okay, I have to walk over to grab the trophy. Oh. <laughs> He's had to give that one a hill start. <laughs> Who's controlling that? Is it remote control? Well, yes, it's it definitely is. remote control. Anyway, that's just... <laughs> I mean, it's funny. You've got to give him that. Anyway, so the other thing that around this time, you've got Daniel um, ahead, you've got Ocon's out, uh, retired garage uh, with a cooling issue, we're told later on. Um, sorry, the robot thing just keeps going away <laughs> as well. Yeah, anyway, um, we notice at this point you've got Lewis, Max, and Valtteri up front, and Alexander Albon is some 20 seconds oh, behind oh. those three. How on earth is Alexander Albon getting away with being that far behind? Unless Red Bull can come out and say he had some car problem. I think that's a real concern for Alex lasting the season, given, yeah, it, given mm, how trigger-happy Helmut and Christian can be. Oh, without a question. Uh, it's, it was, yeah, compared to last weekend when he really challenged Lewis, and particularly for a place on the podium, yeah, he just had absolutely no pace compared to, to Max this weekend. It was just rather embarrassing and not a good look whatsoever for Red Bull. You know, you need your two drivers to be competitive, and Alex was definitely not competitive tonight. Valtteri's taking his face mask off, breaking news, and he's, he's spraying champagne <laughs> with no face mask on. Well, well Valtteri yeah. has not been confirmed whether or not he's an actual robot yet. So. Yeah, that's true. He may be the one he's bringing the podium trophies out. <laughs> um, so I, and I say that, and we'll talk a little bit after we've gone through the bulk of the race, which won't take as long. Um, the Albon problem is the driver market right now. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when when Christian and Helmut are trigger-happy, as they have been notably in the past over many years, that they've been willing to do mid-season shuffles, Alex, you know, didn't do anything this week to set the world on fire in terms of qualifying practice or any session. Um, and he was some 33 seconds behind the pace at the end of yeah. the race. Not a good look. But then let's not forget last week with, with him as well, which he, he would have been 
what he was going to be fourth until uh, Lewis decided to take yeah. him out. Um, so it's, it's not like he, it's not like a consistently bad thing. Maybe it's just a bad week. Like I, it, yeah, I, but I agree with you though. That but he we're judging be everything on one, one week, yeah. Harry. Did you listen to the commentary? Lewis has yeah. deserved this. He's he's needed <laughs> this win. He's he's he lost one race, and the commentary team are going, oh, he. D-. That's the point where you remember every now and then when you're watching Sky Sports F1, you got to remember the English. It's the English television broadcasters. So that would be like Matty White and Mark Webber. You know, saying something about Daniel that everyone else in the world goes, who gives a shit? Yeah. Mm. But we're all sitting here going, Lewis, what? Who cares? <laughs> like that, they've just had their guy win the race, and I think that's the that's the weird thing about um, about them barracking for for Lewis in that sense. Um, Signs had a really slow stop, which helped Daniel get ahead. Well, he had a great start though. That he was had a great start off around the, the outside. Yeah. He did some good things, but his stop was seven seconds or seven, something. Seven point three seconds, and it was due to the fact that he couldn't put that the crew couldn't put the left rear on properly. They couldn't get it on the pegs on the hub, and that's why they struggled to get it, the tire on. So that, yeah. but the the crew, the pit crew, on they copped a, a bollocking on Twitter as I was following the race, completely unwarranted because. You know, mistakes do happen in the pits, but not to be caught. You know, be called to be sacked. You had one job. I mean, it's as simple well, as that, do you, do you sack those guys or do you sack Kimmy's ones from last week? Who would you well, sack first? No one's sacking um, uh, mechanics, but they no, do I'm have one job. They've they got, they got one stop. you got to get it right. Yeah. Sorry. You know, it's like Ferrari. All those times they went high tech on things and they had to bring it back a peg because a couple of years ago because they were just stuffing up too often. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just got to admit that you need a bit of a change. So um, but they're not going to change anything urgently here. I'll tell you, speaking of Sainz and McLaren, what's been interesting this week and, and last week is that, that Renault engine... Is obviously quick, yeah. like it's not. It's got power, but there's just, and we've just seen reliability, yeah. which also begs the question, you know, how much better could it could Red Bull be doing versus Honda if yeah. they were still running Renault? Well, like they, they clearly got a lot out of the Honda, but given what McLaren have been able to eke out yeah. of the Renault, when you you saw Sainz at the start Jesus. there on some of those straights against those yeah. Mercedes, he was just as quick. And the fact is, McLaren's aerodynamics right now are far more superior than the factory team. Yeah. The, the factory cars just have absolutely nothing. Yes, well, the engine is great, but they're, they're, what they're doing to the car is just dreadful. Speaking of aerodynamics, the pink Mercedes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bloody hell. AKA um, Racing Point. They, they're still I mean, forcing you to me. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. D- despite a shocking qualifying, which basically just proved that their drivers are shit in the wet. That's really all it proved, right? Yeah. Um, it was also unlucky strategy for Perez, though. Sure, but despite their poor qualifying performance, um, they came out pretty darn good, and you ended up having Perez um, come right up on Ricardo and, and take Ricardo. But fascinating to me, Stroll struggled until the very last lap, which we'll get into in a bit. Stroll struggled to come near Ricardo, and every yeah, onboard, it showed hesitance. Every onboard with, with Stroll, showed hesitance coming into the corner, which is good in terms of, you know, he was able to look after the car because, you know, Otmar would be like, I want both cars to come home for the manufacturer's points. He doesn't want them written off. Mm. But it did, it kind of just lacked that, you know, send it mentality of, of Daniel and that kind of thing. So I I, th- I don't think that worked in, in Stroll's favour, even though he ended up at, at, at the line. Yeah, he did the dive bomb at the end. He getting, did the, getting, the the, getting the point. Well, it's interesting. Yesterday in qualifying, you said they didn't do well. Yes, true. 
Perez didn't make a pass Q1. Stroll didn't get... Yeah, he, he made it into Q2, but he couldn't get any further than that. So, Which makes Perez's performance outstanding. Fantastic. Him. Absolutely you know, fantastic. Just the unlucky shunt at the end. Yeah. With, yeah. And that touch with Albon, you yeah. know. And yeah. I just... You just... We were just shouting for lap after lap during that last stanza of the race. Um, you know, come on, Perez, get past. You're yeah. closing on Albon. And he was... Catching him hand over hand oh, at over that fist. point, though, I would have shouted at anything that was within one, yeah. one or two tenths of something because this is my point. It had been we've now gotten to the last lap. Mm. We, we've been talking for sixteen minutes, <laughs> and and about five of that we talked about the podium robots. Um, the race had a first lap and a last lap and a bunch of in betweens. And, and and McLaren dominated the first and the last lap. Yeah, science was the exciting one. The start, then then yeah. Norris goes. That's true. Nuclear and so that last lap. Uh, it will be interesting to see what the stewards say about Stroll because I, you know, it was a very interesting move that maybe he he wasn't justified in making. Maybe Daniel would have would have kept it if it was a different style of move. Um, but also that was that move that gave Lando the, let alone the adrenaline, the everything to get through and really challenge. Um, but Lando Norris, I, I mean, it's, it was just so good to watch oh, he's, yeah. because he is, it's it's one of those weird things. He's super young. Right, and he, he doesn't have this Max personality about him that everyone had around Max when he was young, but he—it's if you could pick someone to be the face of Formula One for the next ten years, it's going to be Lando Norris. Oh, you'd you'd take him every day of the week, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, he—he's just—he's oh, just exciting. Like there's just—I yeah. feel like every time he's racing, that he's got like some kind of speed medal that's just like playing in his head, and he's just like in his own speed medal. I just <laughs> picture like oh. <laughs> um, uh, Bottas, you know, threw it up at Max, uh, which cost Max, and then they all went for the bloody fastest lap. <laughs> In the end, I don't who know ended who ended up with it. Up with it. Was I it did Sainz keep it? Well, Sainz did a uh, record lap. Yeah, yeah so one minute five. I think it might have been Sainz. Yeah, 105.619 Which is another point for McLaren, too. Yes. Yeah. Right? Well, that's, so, so, Zach, we mentioned this while we were watching it, but Zach Brown is just, uh, outside of Toto, is just out strategizing everyone else. Yeah. And he, he and Toto are essentially the, the benchmarks for team leadership. Yeah. You'd have to argue. Now, I'm just going to look at the... I reckon these points have been updated. Mercedes, 43 points. Does that make sense? Yeah, that would Yeah, because they didn't get much last week. Yeah, so Mercedes... The Constructors' Championship now stands this way. 80 points to Mercedes, 39 points to McLaren, 27 points Red Bull, 22 points Racing Point, 19 for Ferrari and Renault in sixth with eight points. So McLaren, see, it's those little points. It's that that's the fastest lap. Yeah, um, snuck up there. They're just little things like that. Are massive for them. You got Bottas on top of the drivers' table with forty three. Hamilton second, thirty seven, and Norris in third on twenty six. That is amazing. How good's that? Norris is third <laughs> in the drivers' championship. <laughs> After two races. I don't think anyone ever expected that Norris would be top three in the championship after only two races. No, not at all. He he reminds me of the human personification of uh, Lightning McQueen. Yeah. He just he gives off big Lightning McQueen vibes. That is, you know, I'm going to use that at some point this week. We need to I, we're, gonna, we're on record. Gonna, I already we, I claimed no, no, it. We, no, it doesn't matter. We've got to find... We've got to I find am speed. The, uh, yes, I am speed. I can what see Lando, I, Lando sitting in, in, in his... <laughs> we just need to find a photo just, of Lando. Lando's know, in the cockpit. He's got his speed going, metal oh, plane. Speed. I am speed. <laughs> Speed. What, what about Ricky Bobby? Someone's, someone, we need to give the Ricky Bobby to someone, somewhere. 
Well, you, you, you give it, mate. But <laughs> I'm more of a Lightning McQueen guy, you see? That's, that's yeah, the problem. Trev, Trev just, you can only watch kids' movies these days. <laughs> yeah, so mate, you don't have kids, right? <laughs> not so yet, not yet. Trust me, there comes a time. And I, I don't know. I, I feel for anyone that has kids from this point on because you won't have a new movie to go for, but Cars will outlive generations. That, that movie is just brilliant. It'll, it'll <laughs> oh, go right. on. Don't worry about that. Yeah. So um, I do want to talk about driver, driver movements in a second, but I just want to, want to clarify. Was that a boring race? Oh God, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, just check. I, I got one. I got one more thing. Yeah, and I was impressed, mostly yesterday, but then you comparing it today with Williams. Yeah, oh, and you know, credit to George Russell for the qualifying so performance. And it's the, disappointing. The, we didn't actually get many replays of his of his off, did we? No, we only got two replays. He, he just basically overcooked it going into turn five, and yeah, stuffed up. So he stuffed up basically what was a pretty damn good start for him. He was. Just on the cusp of the top ten, I really thought he would yeah. finish in the top ten, but yeah. just not to be. And uh, look, he'll learn from that. He'll really uh, pick himself up and dust himself off. I think he'll come back at the next race of the Hungaro Ring if he can put yeah. in an impressive performance next weekend in qualifying, much like he did last night. I think he'll have another. Well, I, well, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I, he'll put in another good performance next week. Well, last night was just great for his career mm. in the sense of you know when. When it's wet, it's sort of a bit more of an equaliser. Yeah. And the fact that he could get, you know, 11th Plus or 12th or 12th after the penalty. Or yeah. The, what, Plus, what we've also held in high regard drivers that perform in the wet. Yeah. Mm. You know, Senna, Schumacher. They're, they're, there's some great names that can perform in the well, wet. And, and, Lewis, and Lewis Hamilton. That's spot on, right? Yeah. So I find that interesting. Now, now if if you look at that race as boring, and this is this was my concern for pretty much the entirety of 2019. Which you mentioned We last had a couple week. of unbelievable mm. races. Um, you know, last week was an uh, unbelievable, probably one of the best Formula One races most people have seen in, in a while. Um, th- this format, um, these cars, this aero, this everything is next year. There's no one developing a 2021 car, right? They're all just developing aero on a 2020 car, and they've got a second team working on 2022. You've got a situation where I think Racing Point are in the best position to. Um, advance in 2021, not to dominate, but advance because they've got themselves a, a basically a new car for them. So everything they learn from now on, they tweak and they can build and they can do aero on. You've got, you know, Renault, uh, you've got uh, Alpha Tori, everyone else is just like, they're well, doing the same thing. Well, McLaren yeah. gets the Mercedes engine though. But, and that's, I mentioned this last week, I don't know how that works because I don't know how they, they shove a, a, a Mercedes into a body that was designed for yeah. a Renault. Well, I don't know that's physically going to work well for them. Well, you know, we, we just sung Zach, Zach Brown's praise 10 minutes ago. I, I'm going to have my faith in him that he, he's well, got and, something up Well, and I'll support that, that well. because I think that yeah, obviously too. the timing of the Mercedes deal being done, mm. there's no doubt they would have said to the team, the designers, when they were working on the 20... 20 car, we need to make this... No, actually, they wouldn't have because 2021 was meant to be a brand new car. Correct. See, this is the problem. It was meant to be a completely new car. They were never meant to put a Mercedes into this car. What what if it actually works? What if it actually works If it actually works and Lando Norris has a Mercedes behind him and Daniel Ricciardo is sitting alongside him, holy crap. It's going to be epic. Oh, it could be the best masterstroke that Zach Brown has ever done since taking over from Ron Dennis. I hope it works, but we'll just have to wait and see. So we've got one week until Hungary. Yes. And it's a very different style of track. It's a very different everything. It's a very technical it, track. It could well favour Red Bull more than it does 
Merce- more than this place does Mercedes in a sense. Mm. Um, so Mercedes might not have that same advantage. And but the Jesus other- Christ, they're, they're, they're a long way ahead. Oh, Fer- without Ferrari, a question. Ferrari might be all right next week as you well. You reckon? Oh, look, outside it- of them crashing each other out again. <laughs> <laughs> but, a, but, uh, yeah, you're, you're but right. If, but if it's their engine that's the issue. So the big question for me is, and this is, you know, crazy, but is there any chance after... So it's going to be a 10-race season thus far. Let's say they get to 14, 15. After four or five races, once we know that there's these drivers in their mix, like you look at the at the title right now, you've got Hamilton, Bottas, and um, Lando. Mm-hmm. So just say those three. They're not going anywhere next year. They're, they're locked in their seats, right? Let's assume. Is there any chance of mid-season movements across teams, given the Vettel situation? Well, is there I'll any tell you chance? What, today makes that interesting. Hmm. Right? Is there any chance Ferrari says we'll pay to get rid of him? Like, is there any chance Ferrari says to McLaren, give us signs now? Fucking put all your money in in Lando. Put all your efforts into Lando. And do you, is this possible? I well, mean, in a in a in I, that I crazy it, sense of twenty twenty one being something very different. Well, I think if Seb agreed to it, I think it'd happen. You can tell when you look. Would at it these all guys. happen though? There's yeah, a lot I reckon, of oh, I reckon there, right? it would. You can because tell by the sorry. You can tell by the way he's looking. He's on screen right now. I know. Yeah, we're looking at his on, on screen right now. But you look at his body language, and if, yeah, if you look at his body good. language even before now, what we're seeing, he is very unhappy right now. But that assumes Seb. That that oh, that assumes nothing else that that we currently know is going to change because we're all speculating. Is Seb going to go to Racing Point, take Checo's job? Harry, you said Checo goes to Williams, takes his money there. That's a good boost shot in the arm for Williams. I mean, how far down does do the dominoes mm. fall if Seb leaves? Well, I feel like I think. And it, would Seb really leave? Well, he's well, he's got the big interview on Thursday, apparently. Yeah. So what's that going to be? He asked for that. Yeah. So that's that's either a retirement or a sabbatical, or he's got a team move to announce. But if it was a team move to announce, you'd think it'd be you know obviously have something to do with the team involved as well. Mm. But you think? But I just. I reckon that racing point, like we were just talking before, he had that big chat with Toto yeah. yesterday that was caught on, and obviously everyone, uh, Toto's going to be heavily involved with Aston Martin as a, as a shareholder um, with that racing point becoming Aston Martin next season. So I just... The, and then the fact that the, the racing point yesterday would not deny that they were interested in Seb. Yeah. Like I think there's... Yeah. But I think if that happens, I get back to your point, if the dominoes were f- to fall, I think I don't think Perez would finish this season. Uh, sorry, I think he would. I don't think he would leave. So I think Seb would take the rest of the season off if that right. were to happen. Yep. Everything else would move. Um, so Seb leaves, Carlos moves, Daniel moves, Fernando comes back. Are those yeah. the four things that happen? That yeah. if I had to and everything else happens next year, yeah. like Sergio moving or whoever it is and all those other little if things. If I had to bet on a mid-season change, that is what I would Because bet. Renault would... I mean, you know, who knows where the money lies and how much it is, but Renault would probably willingly part with a bunch of cash to make it happen in terms of bringing Fernando back. Mm. Be great for their brand. Um, McLaren, I think, would be just meh on the whole thing. They'd be happy either way. They wouldn't care. Because I, th- I, I don't think they're... they're I think they're getting a, a, an equal race driver, if not better, race driver in Daniel. Yes. I'm not saying Daniel's the best dra- race driver on the grid. I, I think he's awesome. But I think... I think he's he, better than I science. think he outraces science. Yeah. And that helps Lando, but and I also think it's good for him next season because he's going to get an extra, you know, extra laps in getting used to that car. 
mm. um, so that he can come in. It's not a brand new car for him coming in next season, so he yeah. can come out at you know at Australia and and you know. And the other thing we mentioned this, Harry, bef- uh, Connor and I, before you arrived. What if, if just a couple of those things happened? Like, what if Cyril said to Daniel, "Mate, listen, we're gonna we're gonna bring Fernando in. Here's here's the rescue contract plus five mil." And then Daniel gets to drive Fridays with McLaren for a few um, events to learn the car and give some feedback and be part of the team and embed himself. Yeah. And, you know, he doesn't care that Carlos is there because he's just he's, gone. he's got the paycheck and he's he's got a couple of years ahead of him locked in. So well, why not? Yeah. I, I think, you know, you've got nothing to lose. You may as well just and, go for and it. And what, what, what pushes that is Cyril today. Yes. Cyril should be on the radio going, okay, let him pass you got two laps. That whole thing. Let him pass. you got two laps to prove yourself. That's that's the way team orders should work if they're going to happen is, okay, let him pass. you got two laps. And if in two laps you're not multi-21 or whatever the hell you want to call it, bring him back as they were. The, the other thing, though, is who knows what was – we? It, they annoyingly didn't show the team radio for that as it was happening. So. No, they no. didn't. So maybe maybe Cyril was saying that knock-on was, you know, saying, screw fair, you fair. guys. And, I'm and, it was, and it was interesting to see the pit vision when Ocon returned to the bunker. Yeah, you know, once he got out of his race gear and all that, they all gave him pats on the back and everything. So, obviously, they must have thought, oh, "Well, you done a good job to you know put Daniel in." His yeah, but also that's that whole, um, you know, they're the ones. It's that weird thing of Daniel smashed a car, and I, I love the way Daniel's always like, "I'm real sorry for the team." They have to fix it now, which is the job of a race driver to push a car to its limits. Mm. He probably pushed it further than he should. Mm. But, you know, mechanics, that's their job to rebuild cars. That's not the end of the world. But likewise, the team, when, when a driver comes in and the car has failed, not even spectacularly, just a sensor or whatever says we've got to pull it in, of course they're going to pat Ocon on the back because they feel like they failed him. It's that same reverse kind of thing. So, I, yeah, I just... You know, I don't want to Corinne and buddy um, Aunt Davidson are going to recap much here in the, in the <laughs> on the Skypad because... They're going to be looking at the first lap and the last lap, and maybe a couple of passes in between. But mm. I just just before we move to Hungary next week, I I like the idea of two races in one place. Yeah, it's proven to be quite quite successful in my opinion. There's there's no doubt that it logistically it's brilliant mm. because there's no cost involved. They get the same TV coverage. They I mean there's there could be some potentially very smart things happen here in terms of dropping Grand Prix or extending the season or without actually extending costs. Because one of the big killers is, you know, the cost of moving everything and stuff. So how good was having two races in one place? I, I, I think brilliant. Yeah, oh. it, it, it worked because the Red Bull Ring is, is quite a good track. Yeah. Like, obviously, if someone had to put me through two weeks of Sochi, it'd be a different story. But True, true. But for a track like this, yeah. So and Silverstone, I think, will be a good double as well. Absolutely, yeah. Because that, that's going to be round four. August 2, the 70th anniversary Grand Prix, August 9. So, what a stupid name for a Grand Prix. Um, they should have just called it the, you know, the English Grand Prix and the Great Britain Grand Prix or something. I mean, it's the, <laughs> the 70th anniversary <laughs> Grand Prix. It's, just, it's as bad as the Styrian or whatever this was. Yeah. But let me, Melbourne is a COVID nightmare right now. Yeah. But let's assume in six weeks they get that shit under control. Why, why is Australia not bidding for two races to end the year. Why are we not talking to the FIA about... Maybe we are. Uh, well, are we? And and how good could it be? Because their Formula One is, is demonstrating here their bubble capabilities, okay? They're, they're using private planes, they're flying to back gates. You know, they're doing everything right in terms of creating a bubble. Bring the bubble to 
the bend. Yes. As we talked about on Twitter. We talked about it on Twitter privately. And look, the bend has only been open for, I think, almost two, over two years now, two and a half years. And the Shaheen family have done an absolutely tremendous job in turning what was the Chrysler and Mitsubishi testing grounds out at Tail and Bend into a world-class motorsport facility. Mm. I was at the bend at the very first race meeting, which was part of the Motorsport Australia Shannon's Nationals. And we did the TV coverage for that. And... Even though the track was just barely completed, including with infrastructure and that, it had the makings to be an exceptionally good international spec circuit. You could run. But it's a not Formula Adelaide. One. It's not Adelaide. That's the only problem. I know right? it's, it's not. Middle, it's I know it's not Adelaide. I know it's ninety minutes. But, but that helps the bubble thing, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. That yes. that helps sell it to the FIA. It's like, listen, we will fly you in to wherever you want. Adelaide's obviously going to be the closest, and we will bus you and truck you. Within the bubble, we will bubble you to Tail and Bend. That that's a shit two weeks for the drivers. <laughs> I know that's a shit bubble. It's, it's literally yeah, it's in the not exactly of the, the Styrian Mountains, is yeah. it? No. Do you know the other one is the is Sydney Motorsport Park? Well, that's that's why well, you you could bubble two weeks. You'd move. You could do the Bend one yeah. week in Sydney Motorsport I, Park. I don't think next. we could do Albert Park because no, I think because well, the issue I think with Albert theoretically Park is, could, yeah. but I think it would never pass muster. Given the shit that's gone down, yeah. the problem is Sydney Motorsport Park is an FIA Grade Two circuit, whereas the Bend's an, a Grade One. So what does that mean in layman's terms? Uh, layman, what are they missing? Runoff well, areas or yeah, uh, cer- certain key elements like someone's going to die on Turn One. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Possibly, I don't know, but it's not to the Formula One spec standard for Sydney Motorsport. Yeah, Park, and someone's so. going to have to spend a shit ton of money yeah. on ripple yeah. strips and all that kind of stuff. What about, what about Phillip Island? Did we talk about yes, that? Yes, yeah. you mentioned that on Phillip, Twitter. Uh, Philip Island would be a great Formula 1 circuit, I reckon. I think it'd be fantastic. It, well, Is it wide it. enough? I'm not quite sure. Oh, I can't it's very dri- short I haven't, track I haven't driven there in a couple of years. 4.45 k's. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Sydney Motorsport Park. Sydney, Sydney <laughs> I mean, I know Bath is a 6.213, yeah, but that's it. Wait, what do you got? What, how long is Sandown? Sandown's 3.1. Piss yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> You're a freak. Phillip Island's 4.45 and uh, Sydney Motorsport Park's 3.93. Although that new section... I was just going to say, on, what about the... Well, yeah. uh, they call it, but... <laughs> 4.5Ks. Brabham Circuit's 4.5Ks. Yeah. So they could run it on yeah. that full... Yeah. I always thought knowing 6.213 was great, but, you know, it impresses non-motorsport people. Like, I drove uh, around Bathurst a couple of weeks ago with Stephen Fennick, and we were on two, You're two, in my stomping ground. two different cars, and we had two-way radios, and um, we did some stuff up the top of the mountain, then we are driving down, and I went, oh, this is Forest Hill, that's where Dick Johnson went off, da, 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 and then we come down to the car six chase, I said, well, this is the chase, it was built in 87 after Mike Bergman died in 85 yep. here on the, uh, <laughs> yeah. there under the bridge, yep. and, he, and I've just gone, that's the end of the 6.213 kilometre, he's just gone, that's unbelievable, and I've gone, actually, it was pretty light on in terms of tourist knowledge of a, of and then a you're like, have you met Connor? <laughs> yeah, well, now I'm like, oh, I don't ever, ever, ever have him meet him. <laughs> But um, I don't know. I just I, I just think it would be really exciting for Australia to be flyaways are always the end of the end of the tour, end of the season. Mm. You know, Brazil, wherever it is, it would be awesome for because they're clearly going to try and get this thing through to November. You know, they're clearly thinking, yeah. well, ten's not enough for they want to the TV broadcasters. Everyone's going to want more. Mm. They want to get to fifteen, sixteen, I reckon, and I think they can do that when. And Australia's the best place in the world right now for COVID nineteen, apart from Victoria. Let's just you know <laughs> screw the screw the Mexicans. But it's like it's it'd be a legitimately brilliant thing to have happen. I and think. I, yeah, I, th- I agree with that too. And it was sort of I know it's been a couple of months since it happened now, but there was OzGP was sort of said a few things in the the weeks following yeah. the cancellation. They were looking to a way to try and get it back. So yeah, I mean, I, there's there's not. It, 
Look, if Melbourne was able to, you know, literally pull it together in six weeks, then there's no reason why Albert Park couldn't be part of the plans yeah. for November. That's a but long time away. But the problem you're going to have there with Albert Park is if, again, if things don't get that much better, and then just the lockdown, in terms of getting everything ready, they're not going to physically be able to get all the tracks set up and everything like that. Okay, mm. long shot here. What about New Zealand? You got the Highlands Motorsport Park, the one that Tony. Well, Quinn I did. Runs. Th- that's what I was going to say in, in our chat. A, a little bubble, Trans Tasman bubble, for the last two would be pretty cool as well. But I just don't know whether New Zealand. I've never seen Highlands. I've seen lots of photos and stuff, but it, I just don't it's know world class. It's right. just as good as the Bend. They Mac- did. Um, Ma- McLaren would they support did. it. They'd love to. And imagine McLaren racing there. Yeah. And Aston did all the Valkyrie stuff there. That's correct. Yeah. Someone, so, can, someone so, so get t- can you get in touch with someone? Michael Massey, just <laughs> someone. <laughs> yeah. just I'll, someone uh, I'll get text in touch. Him. Anyone but Bernie, because he's got no say. He has no say whatsoever, thank God. Oh. So, Well, look, I um, I think there was a lot of exciting things to talk about. None of them were the race. No, can, most can of them I, were the can, robots. Can I, can I just make mention, just quickly, we talked about last week, Formula 3, our Aussie hopefuls. Uh, You're very excited about Formula 3. <laughs> I, I am. I'm not going to lie, I'm struggling with passion for it. I, I can't. I'm excited about Oscar and a few others, but... It's Formula Three. For, it's a for, couple. Of I tell you what, Formula Three hasn't been that bad. Formula Two for me is a snorefester. Yeah, it's just Formula Two just looks like bad F one drivers. Just wait until you, you you sign up for your my team in F one twenty twenty the game. You get to choose your second driver, and you're pretty much choosing from Jack Aitken down to a couple of and uh, Mick Schumacher is one of them. So yeah, well, so a bit he, of, he it, that, that gives you a new passion for Formula Two. Yeah, Mick, Mick yeah. Schumacher didn't have much luck today. No, not, yeah, not much. Well, he's my second driver in my EFTM team in uh, in F one twenty twenty. He's shit. I'm getting rid of him. Uh, he's shit, yeah. or, or Maybe, maybe no, the player of the year. Yeah, I'm smashing. No, no. <laughs> well, I'm me, and he's my teammate. He's down the back of the grid, mate. I'm doing well. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. Well, we should give credit to Oscar Piastri because he is the Renault junior driver, so he could potentially, <laughs> you know. Like, he, like they care about their junior drivers. I know, I know. But, he, you know, he's currently the first, the leading Aussie, leading the F3 championship right now. So after two races this weekend, he finished fourth in the opening race, fifth in the second. He's leading the championship by six and a half points ahead of Frederick Vesti from Denmark, who's on 37 and a half points, and Logan Sargent on 34 If you want to be a junior right now, I'd be a Red Bull junior. Well, yeah. Jack they, Lewin, they, they really struggle with their junior the program wins? for a few few years, and they've kind of got this this gap, which is frankly why Kvyat's still oh, there. Kvyat needs to. He's he just has to go. Oh. He's, a, he's useless. He's of no point to the sport. Gasly at least is interesting it's and can, and seat. does stuff. Yeah. Kvyat's just yeah, I'm there. I did it again. He's like he's basically Kimi Raikkonen without the status. Yeah, you know, he's just doing. Oh, he's I just don't insult Kimi like that. <laughs> Kimi's just there for a hobby. We know that. Yeah, yeah it's just fun for me. So yeah, look. Jack Doohan, he's a Red Bull junior, but he is hardly impressed in the opening two races. He might have the Doohan name because of his dad and the Mercedes support, but he has been so disappointing in the opening two races. And I just don't know if he can turn that around for the remaining seven races because their championship finishes at Magello. At I'd just love to know how much money they're burning. Yeah. <laughs> it's a family. It's not an inexpensive. I don't uh, want to, because I don't want to break to you. When you have kids, you think about that. You think like, what would it cost me to to get my son to all the way through? You know, oh, I'm already and saving for it. Yeah, well, mate, you're gonna need to save a lot. Right there. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> what, you know, what do talk you about sacrifices? <laughs> oh boy. All right, thanks for listening. Uh, get in touch with us on Twitter. You can find us all on uh, Twitter and uh, follow at EFTM and we'll, uh, we'll tweet the, the links to all of our Twitter handles and let us know what you thought of the race. It's really quite simple, boring or not, but I think most people would say boring. But I do think there's some excitement in the sport and that's probably what matters right now. Boys, uh, hungry next week. Hungry next week.